I think what's quite nice about the unboxing as an opportunity to educate the customer is that it is there with their products. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this e-commerce marketing focus podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, well, each month we focus on a different marketing method like email or SEO or Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. This month is all about offline marketing. We've looked at direct mail in different formats and different methods. We've looked at product samples. And in this episode, we're looking at parcel inserts. The parcel inserts you put in your own parcels to drive retention. And we're looking at how you can personalize them. It's a fascinating new opportunity where the digital stuff, all your digital data comes together with some clever offline tech to create personalized parcel inserts for all your buyers. We're going to be going into why that's great, what sort of things to include in it, how it all works, how to track the response and a lot more very shortly. But do make sure you listen right to the very end of the episode because at the end of the interview, my guest will be sharing some quick fire insider tips to help you maximize the performance of your offline marketing and then I'll be sharing my take on it all and outlining some other free ways we can help you to improve your offline marketing even more. So stay tuned to the end. Unboxing is the only moment in the customer journey with a 100% open rate. Done well, your unboxing experience can build a stronger connection with your customers and immediately increase sales. To create a great unboxing experience, you need to make it as relevant as possible to the customer opening the box. The right messages, upsells and offers. But how do you do that? You need Slippy. Slippy turns your unboxing into a personalised, relevant and revenue driving channel. Print inserts on demand from packing benches at your fulfilment facility and segment and personalise those messages to include content and upsells based on each customer's purchase history and behaviour profile. Slippy gives you all the power of your email marketing system, but for your 100% open rate unboxing channel. Slippy are offering a three-month free trial exclusively for Keep Optimising podcast listeners this month only. So visit keepopt.com forward slash Slippy and claim your free trial today. Are you tired of generic marketing messages that don't resonate with your customers? Have you stretched your spend in digital retargeting as far as you can to maximise conversion? Do you want to reach your target audience with pinpoint accuracy via a channel that gets noticed? Then it's time to add dynamic postal marketing to your online marketing mix. But how? Look no further than Paperplanes. Paperplanes programmatic direct mail service uses advanced insight and analytics to personalize your marketing messages and trigger content over time. Their sustainable approach is cost effective, so you won't be wasting valuable resources on generic marketing. Instead, you can tailor messages to your customers with pinpoint accuracy, backed up with valuable insights and analytics on performance to help optimize creative and targeting even further. It's time to join the revolution of modern direct mail marketing. Go to keepopt.com forward slash paperplanes to find out how. 
In this episode, I'm chatting with offline marketing expert Drew Carpenter. Drew is at the cutting edge of where all our digital marketing skills meet paper. He's the co-founder at Slippy.io, an amazing tool for creating personalised print inserts to put in your parcels. With a 100% open rate, they can have a great impact on retention. Hello, Drew. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing good and loving. Uh, throughout this month, it's been such a pleasure to get to talk print and all cool things, personalisation with print. It's it, I thoroughly enjoy it, not least because I know we're giving our audience some great tips and ideas. But before we get into how you can help them with their marketing and you know how parcel inserts can be so good, how did you end up in offline marketing? So I, I started in e-commerce reselling goods online and eBay. After a few years, it got to the point where I found it difficult as a one-man band to scale it beyond the point that I got it to, mainly from a picking packing fulfillment perspective. I then stumbled across a company called Habu, um, who at the time were positioning their fulfillment services to eBay resellers. I joined that company as one of their first sales hires um, and onboarded over 100 stores during my time there. I then joined an early stage startup called Scribeless, who provide AI-powered handwritten direct mail services. That's brought me to where I am now, co-founding Slippy.io with the team that I met at, at Scribeless. Got you. So you are a kind of retailer turned parcel inserts guru. You could say that, yeah, with a sprinkling of fulfillment and direct mail and a few other things, but... <laughs> I like it. So you you can both talk retailer and you can talk fulfillment, which I guess is pretty essential given those are two, you know, one of them's buying the service of making the decision on doing the parcel inserts and the other one is pretty fundamental in making them happen. So they, they must be too good to be able to talk to those two groups. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm always trying to learn more about the, the different marketing methods, especially that newer age Shopify stores use. When I was selling through eBay, a lot of it is you just list stuff and you're doing some listing optimization. But beyond that, you're you're not really building a brand or, or much else. So that's maybe my one weaker area. But yeah, looking always looking to learn there. Cool. And you've become the co-founder at Slippy where you are helping put personalized print inserts into parcels. Why should our listeners be considering doing this? Sure. So I, I think there's been a trend on brands looking at offline and optimizing less for online. That's been happening for the last couple of years with privacy concerns and changes with one acquisition, but then also the effectiveness of email and text. So just as a wider industry trend, offline is definitely something that you should be looking at. The reason we went down the route we're going down is that the unboxing experience is the only time that you can target every single one of your customers. Uh, email gets something like a 27% open rate on average. Uh, even direct mail sends, sure, you send it to someone's address, but you don't know if it's the right address. They don't always read it. With something that's sat on top of the products that they've purchased, uh, you can guarantee that every single person is going to read that content. Currently, none of it is that relevant to the end customer. And if you personalize it, you can make the content relevant. So we're, we're pretty, pretty stoked on, on this as a channel. I often find, and I, I guess I kind of count myself in this, us as the supplier side industry, we have all these ideas for how people might use the capability to put personalized flyers into parcels. But it kind of comes down to how the brands actually find it works in the end, how the retailers make it work for them. So you finding this is more kind of cool, personalized content, like how to put the tent up or how to make the product or use this ingredient in your cookery, 
Or is it more a, a case of it's all offer driven and getting the next purchase? So is it that more kind of like soft content or is it the harder content or does different things work for different people? Sure. So the first thing, it's it's not just about putting your name or a first name on an insert. Uh, it's It's much, much wider than that. So I think what's quite nice about the unboxing uh, as an opportunity to educate the customer is that it is there with their products. So the personalization that you can put is very educational and is, is coming to that customer at the right time. Like you might, you might include descriptions of products or product tips within the product page on your website, but no one's actually looking at that when they're going to open your, the, the box that contains the product. So educational content is the priority, I would say, and it makes it really valuable. It makes an insert not something that someone chucks away and puts in the bin. It's something that they keep because it's helpful for the products that they've purchased. So that's definitely where I recommend brands starting. Obviously, they want to see revenue from it as a, as a channel um, and attribute revenue to it as a channel. So generally, that's through QR codes. And of course, it upsells to other products that that store sells and yeah, a variety of other things. But it's, it's a mix of both, really. Cool. Let's dive into that educational side of it and then we'll get into the uh, the sales driving side of it afterwards. So don't worry, everyone, we're going to cover both. I think I love, you know, how you're saying that that educational content is both useful to the customer and it, it enables that marketing piece to get retained. And it strikes me that the unboxing experience is a bit of a make or a break. And if the customer has a great unboxing experience, then they really love your brand. If it's a shocking one, they may not buy again. And as a brand, a lot of that's out of our control because it's the couriers, it's where they leave the parcel, what happens on the journey and that kind of stuff. But the bit which is in our control is what they actually find in the box and making sure that when they get the product, they actually know what to do with it. Because I think there's that's kind of, it's the risky moment for the customer. It's like, oh, here's my cake ingredients. I've no idea what to do with them. Here's my matcha tea powder. Okay, great. It's a pot. What do I do with this to actually consume it? And that creates quite a lot of anxiety. So, so I guess the educational content increases the chances of the unboxing experience being a wow rather than a ugh. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that when most brands are optimizing their unboxing experience at the moment, really it's about, okay, what box is the product put in? Um, is there tissue paper? How, how does it feel? And of course, that's important and that builds the brand image. Um, and it builds the initial touch point of, of the products that they've purchased. But it, it, it's not educational. It doesn't tell them, okay, so when you've opened this, what do you do with it, as, as you've mentioned? And it's, it's not just the educational piece of product tips and recommendations, but it's also the story of that product that they've purchased. So maybe with a wine, it's where it's come from and what it pairs well with and what flavors are in it and whatever else. And you, you can apply that across um, jewelry, across other consumer packaged goods, uh, a variety of things really i guess it's also an opportunity to reuse that amazing content we've been putting out in our email marketing we've been putting like you said earlier on the product page to make sure it's with the customer at the point you know we've used that content to persuade them to buy now they need that how to style how to use why it's a brilliant product the story behind it at the point where they actually get their hands on it so it's quite kind of like a recycling of content opportunity too. Yeah, I, I kind of view it as we've done the hard work of making sure a print can get in a box at the right time. 
you can just use the content you've already got to personalize that experience. Yeah, so quite a quite an easy implementation potentially if you've got decent product pages of course, which all of you should obviously have. Anything else we should be that works particularly well on that more educational content side of the pieces? Obviously you've you've got stuff like recipes, you've got various blogs and different things that you can you can recycle and and link people to through a QR code, but that's a pretty good coverage of the educational piece. Cool. So let's talk about the sales driving. First question for you on this. My assumption would be we're talking about getting the next purchase from that customer. So turning a first time buyer into a second time buyer, turning a repeat buyer into a, an additional repeat buyer, rather than referring a friend. Do you find anyone using this to say, give this flyer to a friend? Or is this very much that repeat purchase driver? It can, it can be both. So say someone's a loyal customer, let's say they've purchased over X amount of times or they've spent over X amount, they may be a good fit for your affiliate program, at which point you can include a, a QR code that is dynamic and has their refer a friend link already linked with that QR code. It's quite nice, actually, because when you are referring brands to people you speak to, generally it's in person. It's when you're at a pub or a cafe or a restaurant and you're talking about things maybe you've bought recently that you found really great. At that point, we, we have some customers that will include like a business card style insert rather than a full A5 or A4 or A6 print, and they'll keep it in their wallet. Um, and we've got already got a dynamic QR code on that, so they can whip it out of their wallet, they can get their friends to scan that QR code, and their referral friend link is is already looped into that. So there's a ton of use cases. I, I love that doing a business card sized one, which we need to think about the format of the paper before as well as what we're printing on it to make sure it's going to be as useful as possible. And then on the on the getting that repeat purchase from the customer, is it simply about promoting the right product with the right offer and then giving them a QR code to the right URL? Is it is it that straightforward or is there more we need to know? So it's it's all through dynamic QR codes, which gives a unique link to that customer, but also importantly lets you track it so you can find out what's working and what's not. But yeah, it's it's turning it into a QR code. It can be product upsells. That can either be something that you set up as logic or you're, we're integrating with like a personalization product upsell engine or something similar. It can also be stuff like, say someone's shipping address is within a certain city and there's a local retail shop that sells or stocks their products. You could have a map with a dynamic address and um, instructions on how to get to that retail shop. And it could be an in-person purchase. It doesn't have to be digital. But yeah, it can link to a, a variety of things. But generally, it's it's a pre-filled basket upsell for recommended products or it's some something else, affiliate, refer a friend, loyalty, whatever else that they're linking to. Got you. And we're tracking all of this via a unique QR code for that customer. So not only are you getting kind of like the general response rate, you're also getting an individual customer level response rate. Yes, exactly. So it's it's campaign level data. You can see what campaigns are working, but you can also see how each customer is responding. Cool. So let's talk about the coolest part about this, which you've just been kind of wowing us with there, which is the personalization potential. So there's, I, I'm guessing this is one of those places where you need to start with what do you actually want the customer to do? So you can, you know, they're within drive time of Bristol. So we're going to give them you know, and we've we've seen that if we can get them into our physical store in Bristol, they become a better customer. So we're going to tell them to come to the store. If they're not within our drive time of our Bristol store, we'll do something else, which might be X or Y or Z. How 
clever i try to avoid the word complicated how clever can we can we make this it it can get pretty clever pretty quickly um i think that sometimes people can be overwhelmed by the amount of personalization it's the same as what you can do with email or your your existing marketing stack but obviously i think there's more education and agencies and people you work with who give you kind of the recommended few templates to start with with that kind of thing so that the personalization can be pretty endless but don't get overwhelmed by it start simple and then experiment or or, or work on things that are kind of key priorities for you as a business initially what strikes me as the really cool thing about this personalization is that we don't have to worry about the extra complexity as if we're talking to inquirers because these are people we're physically sending them a product so we know where they are in the world so all that that uh, geographic targeting is very much possible because we know where they are that they have bought we know they're a buyer so we're not just doing this based on browse behavior we can do it on they've actually bought these things and their cr uh, crm not crm chloe rfm i'm trying to say which is the recency frequency monetary value levels their their customer lifetime value for us we can feed all that into it so it's a more it's a more solid it's always a more solid database of personalization that we're doing when we're talking purely to the buyers i always think yeah, definitely. And it's it's also, you know exactly when that customer is going to see that content, uh, whether it's a first time purchase, second time, third time, whatever else, you know, when they're going to see it, you know who they are, you know what to expect from that cohort, you can make it pretty targeted. And you know what experience, you know, a certain amount of what sort of experience they're getting when they're receiving it. You know, it's not like you're sending an email and you don't know if they're on the train, they're waiting for the kids to get out of school, they're shouting at, at the dog, or they're just waking up you know that it's the point at which the, the box is on the desk in front of them and they're actually opening it. So you've got that. You, you can, I guess you can match it more to their state, state at that time. Yeah, and it's, it's in context with the product and the brand. Like, I, I don't know about you, but when I get something in the post, I'm pretty excited and I'm thinking about the brand. So it's, it's a great time to target customers with content. I'm not sure if it's because I work in the industry, but I still get very excited about parcels and I'm guilty of looking for the inserts <laughs> before I look at what I've actually bought these days. Worrying, worrying admission to make or not. Maybe, maybe it's what everybody does. Is there any particularly cool campaigns you've seen that you're allowed to tell us about that, it, that could really inspire our audience to, to take a step towards doing this? I've seen some brands create like customer profiles within a template. So we work with a pet brand that has a loyalty app and they get so much information about the pet and the dog or cat or whatever other pet it is. And they create, we, we create like a profile for their pet on the template itself. And it talks about their age, their birthday. It talks about when they should upgrade to the next set of food and whatever else. And what um, medication they're currently on and it gets pretty complicated and it's it's a really nice visual to have like a profile with your pet's actual photo on the profile itself it's it's really nice i can see that getting pinned to the fridge you know and each time a new delivery comes it replacing the one that was pinned on the fridge so just like, well we can't change pet food supplier because then we won't we won't have these handy reminders of what our pets currently currently up to very clever and I, I love I love the map visual of local retail stores as well with directions on how to get there. I know everyone has Google Maps and you just put things in your phone, but it's quite nice to picture 
in my head, like people just carrying this insert, finding their way to the to the store just off the directions. I, I don't think it actually happens, but it's nice to think about. Oh, I don't know. I suspect it does, especially if it's a store you, you walk to when you get to a city centre. I can I can really see it getting used that way. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's hope so. And how do we go about doing this? I fully get you're going to have to talk a little bit about what Slippy does and how your tech actually works here, because this is this is not something we can really do ourselves in house. So tell us how how we go about constructing a campaign and making all this work. Sure. So we integrate with your sales channel, Shopify, whatever else, as well as some of your key elements of your marketing stack. So maybe your email provider whatever else, to just make sure we're getting the relevant set of customer data for personalization. You're building all of the templates generally in something like Figma or Photoshop or whatever you use. And then you're just adding the relevant personalization points from templates within our platform. You're then using a decision maker type logic to say, okay, if this order has this product in it or this customer lifetime value or whatever else from the data set we're getting from your sales channel and marketing stack, then they get assigned to a certain template. The template itself has the dynamic content on it. Obviously, it also needs to integrate into your fulfillment stack or 3PL. A lot of our team have fulfillment background, so we, we very much are able to speak the lingo with your 3PL or fulfillment team uh, and make sure it works within their processes. So it's not something that you can just sign up and start using immediately. We, there are a couple of conversations needed. But yeah, we're, we're, we're quite happy to help set up all of that stuff and optimize uh, your, your templates, your campaigns for, for the best results. Nice. So it's from the marketer's standpoint, uh, creating campaigns is a bit like creating an email sequence, only it happens in reality. And then... I can imagine it becoming quite complicated at the fulfillment center end. So presumably there's quite a bit of work you guys do in the background to make sure things get printed properly and that the team know what they're doing. Yes. Yeah, certainly. So we, we integrate into various WMS solutions. We make sure it prints at the right time. We have print automation software. Uh, we have like an orders table within the platform that fulfillment teams can use, but generally it's just printing at the same time as a shipping label or nearest equivalent. So there's not much matching or hard work involved. Generally, we try to guarantee that this doesn't add more than 10 seconds to your pick and pack time per order, which is manageable for, for most fulfillment teams. Nice. So basically, all the hard work is done by your software and your team to get people set up ready to start using it. And and if someone, you know, they hear this and they come through and they're like, yeah, we want to do this, we want to get it in place. How long does it usually take to get things set up? Because like, like you say, it's not quite as easy as going to one of the email platforms, creating an account and woohoo, it's all working within about an hour. It's going to take take a little bit longer than an hour. So what sort of time span is it for getting this set up? Sure. So from a marketing team's perspective, it is very similar to how they use an email tool. It's They create an account, they integrate, and they set up their templates and job is done, basically. The thing that takes a little bit longer is making sure that the printer hardware works, making sure the print automation is installed, and making sure it works for the fulfillment team. If it doesn't work for a fulfillment team on a day-to-day -day basis or requires a significant amount of education for them to actually work it and process it, it's not going to work. So we're really clear about having conversations with directly with fulfillment teams to make sure it works for them uh, before we onboard a brand. 
I think the quickest brand that's got set up is uh, Three Days. And that was a brand that fulfills in-house. So it, it can be pretty straightforward, pretty quick. Um, the, the main delays are just making sure it works in the right way for a fulfillment team and making sure that physically on packing benches, the right printers are there to, to produce the end product. Yes, you don't want the printer that's printing this to be in the warehouse manager's office on the other side of the, on the, other side of the bay from the picking benches, do you? Uh, simple, but... Yeah, with, like, like some people have asked, well, could we use this with a shipping label printer? And I'm like, well, you can, but it's going to be on a shipping label print and not look very <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, let's create something that is a nice end product that is somewhat similar to a marketing insert you might already get in boxes. Um, and it's something that the customer is going to pick up and, and is going to feel and it feels nice. It doesn't feel like not very good. Yeah, you could print it on a packing sticker, but do you want it on the address label sticker? Probably not. <laughs> Drew, have we missed anything that the audience needs to know about personalised inserts for the unboxing experience? Or have we covered it all? I think the one thing to mention is some brands can look at this and say, yeah, it looks really cool, but my 3PL will never go for it. I, I, I want to make it clear that every 3PL that we've spoken to has been receptive to having a conversation about this. I think that personalization in general is a bit of like a word 3PLs don't want to hear, and it's because it's quite difficult. But generally, the personalization they're talking about is adding branded packages or generic marketing inserts to orders and, and adding some kind of personalized packaging that's specific to that brand, but not specific to that customer. Um, so it's, it's a different thing. But 3PLs have such a headache in getting packaging or, or generic marketing inserts through inbound storage, pick and pack. They don't have systems in place that allow them to store 10,000 generic inserts near a packing bench and have it pick at the right time within the process. So they are more of a headache for them than something like this, which is print on demand on a printer at the packing bench that they can pick up a shipping label, pick up a slippy print, and they're good to go. So a lot of 3PLs we've spoken to have actually looked to use this as a cost efficiency in moving away from generic marketing inserts. Nice. So actually for the fulfillment houses, because this just happens for them, it's like a no-think no organize whatever you want is coming out of the printer and it'll just happen rather than oh right it's code b for the i need, I need flyer b where did we put flyer b type scenario so interesting i can see that quite often generic inserts in a 3pl's facilities won't even have a pick location it will just be somewhere dotted around on one of the packing benches nearby and they've got to set up like specific instructions on the packing bench and it's 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 a real headache yeah, and you're hoping that everyone got trained, not just Marjorie, who works on Tuesdays. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Drew, before we, before we go too deep into the fulfilment side of it, it's been brilliant. Thank you very much to pick your brains about all of this. Listeners, remember to stay tuned right to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on Drew's insider tips on offline marketing and my suggestions for more free resources to help you improve things even further in your business. Unboxing is the only moment in the customer journey with a 100% open rate. Done well, your unboxing experience can build a stronger connection with your customers and immediately increase sales. To create a great unboxing experience, you need to make it as relevant as possible to the customer opening the box. The right messages, upsells and offers, but how do you do that? You need 
Slippy. Slippy turns your unboxing into a personalised, relevant and revenue driving channel. Print inserts on demand from packing benches at your fulfilment facility and segment and personalise those messages to include content and upsells based on each customer's purchase history and behaviour profile. Slippy gives you all the power of your email marketing system, but for your 100% open rate unboxing channel. Slippy are offering a three-month free trial exclusively for Keep Optimising podcast listeners this month only. So visit keepopt.com forward slash Slippy and claim your free trial today. Are you tired of generic marketing messages that don't resonate with your customers? Have you stretched your spend in digital retargeting as far as you can to maximise conversion? Do you want to reach your target audience with pinpoint accuracy via a channel that gets noticed? Then it's time to add dynamic postal marketing to your online marketing mix. But how? Look no further than Paperplanes. Paperplanes programmatic direct mail service uses advanced insight and analytics to personalise your marketing messages and trigger content over time. Their sustainable approach is cost effective, so you won't be wasting valuable resources on generic marketing. Instead, you can tailor messages to your customers with pinpoint accuracy, backed up with valuable insights and analytics on performance to help optimise creative and targeting even further. It's time to join the revolution of modern direct mail marketing. Go to keepopt.com forward slash paperplanes to find out how. Okay, Drew, so far we have gone deep into personalised parcel inserts. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of offline marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with offline marketing, which of course does include everything we've already been talking about. Drew, are you ready? I am. (laughs) Excellent. Let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? I think when we're talking about the extent of personalization, it's it's becoming more and more prevalent across offline marketing in general. Uh, there's a ton of use cases to use, so don't get overwhelmed. It's, it's kind of like giving a store access to email in the early 2010s. There's just not a lot of resource out there on offline marketing in a personalized way for e-com stores. So I, I would take a look at key priorities and areas of focus for you as a business, aka your new loyalty program or you want to push reviews or whatever else and focus on those initial use cases first and then expand. Nice. I'm loving that. Get focused, everybody. Uh, Now, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve performance? I, I think just keep experimenting. So expand the use cases you're looking at and run new initiatives. I think define what success would look like from the offset. Uh, and make sure you're including QR codes and tracking scans and conversions from the first initiative you run. Uh, it's, it's the best measure of success that we found. I, I, we, we've spoken to a lot of brands, particularly in the background with direct mail, that will run a campaign that says something like, thanks for your order. And they have no idea on what success would look like for that campaign and have no way to track or haven't figured out a way to track what conversions have come from a campaign like that. So. I think get get the basics right, make sure you're tracking things, make sure you're kind of working out what success looks like and, and going from there. Yes, brilliant advice for quite frankly, any marketing channel. So uh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if someone listening wants to learn more, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? Sure. 
So I wanted to push something that we've created, but unfortunately we, we haven't, we haven't actually done a lot as of yet. Um, it's a big focus for us in the next six months, but happy to talk to anyone listening one-on-one -on -one just about the offline space in general. I think so our partners, Arca Packaging, Postpilot and MyFly Inserts have produced a ton of good content um, around their respective businesses. So Arca Packaging is uh, generic packaging or branded packaging as such. Postpilot is a direct mail provider and MyFlyer Inserts is an insert swap provider. So they all have blogs and webinars and podcasts and whatever else that they're doing at the moment that uh, I, I think are really interesting resources to use. Oh, awesome. And very generous of you to support the partners there. Loving that. Sending it out and waiting for it to come back in the future. And I have to say, uh, we had Simon Rigby from MyFlyer Inserts uh, on the show last year talking about about generic parcel insert swaps. So um, so yeah, love the, love the stuff he's doing too. And I'm going to have to check out Arca Packaging and Postpilot myself. So thank you for those, uh, Drew. Very cool. Finally, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? Sure. So I'm hoping that personalised unboxing experiences will be widespread in a year's time. But <laughs> on a more serious note, I think retention has been a big focus to date in this space. And I, I think using offline for acquisition and prospecting uh, for new customers is, is going to be more and more widespread for, for Shopify stores. I mean, we talk of like TikTok getting banned. I don't know if you saw the recent Meta ads fiasco. Um, I think it's becoming more and more important for brands to diversify their acquisition strategy um, and, and explore all of these other channels. So I'm, I'm quite excited to see where that goes. Oh, Drew, you're speaking my language. Diversify your ad spend, people, please. And with that, I include inserts and I include all the offline marketing we've, we've been talking about. And for anyone who's going, what new meta ads fiasco? I'm assuming, Drew, you're meaning uh, the recent Sunday where meta just decided to spend everyone's budget by 9 a.m. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think refunds have been issued yet. I, I don't know if they will be or not, but yeah, it's a tough time for brands out there <laughs> that have been involved in that. Yes, I that, that I saw that news and was like, oh, Meta, really? You really didn't need to drop the ball that badly. Um, <laughs> I I hope we're recording this in late April, and I'm hoping that Meta have done the right thing by the time we get to the time you're hearing this episode, everyone. So hopefully, we're out of date on this particular piece, but. <laughs> I think the silver lining of that is, like you were saying, Drew, if that's inspired some brands to finally get around to diversifying their ad spend into online and offline channels and more and a wider range of the online advertising channels, then it can only be a good thing, I hope. Drew, we're very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business? Sure. So we're offering any listeners a three-month free trial on the Slippy platform. So find us at keepopt.com forward slash Slippy. Uh, you can also email me. Uh, my personal email is drew, D-R-U, at slippy.io. Uh, so feel free to shoot me an email also. Lovely. And I loved that offer you gave everyone in the resource section of dropping you a line if they've got any questions about that. Really appreciate it because I think this is, this is one of those offline marketing methods that's super new gets the brain cells going but then if you're anything like me it very quickly goes oh but, I, but what about that but what about that it, it just sparks so many questions i hope you get bombarded in the nicest possible way <laughs> yeah well yeah i'm uh, yeah more than happy to speak to anyone that's interested in learning more 
So that's D-R-U at slippy, S-L-I-P-P-Y dot I-O. Or to get that free month free trial, keepopt.com forward slash slippy. Drew, thank you so much for being on the Keep Optimising podcast. It's been awesome catching up with you as it always is and brilliant to be able to share what you're up to and the opportunities that gives our listeners. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No worries at all. Yeah, good to speak to you. Have a good rest of your day. So there you have it. Another brilliant way for you to personalize the customer experience at that crucial unboxing experience. So not another way to personalize the unboxing, another way to personalize the experience and to do it at the unboxing stage is what I'm trying to say. And it's going to be a great way to solidify that connection with your customer, to really bind them to you, to help them really trust your business because you're being so helpful and so responsive. And then it can be a, a great way to drive the next sale, to drive them to, if you've got offline facilities, to drive the right people to the offline area. It can be a great way to educate. It can be a great way to refer a friend. Loads of different things we discussed that you can do. There really is, you can get so creative with this, but the key thing, as Drew was saying in the insider tips there, be clear on your goals and then track the results so you're optimizing to get the results you want. You can get links to all those things we discussed, the transcript of the episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com or use our special direct episode short links. Just put keepopt.com forward slash episode number into the URL bar and you will go straight to the correct episode page. Once you get to the website, do add yourself to our email list because I share loads of cool stuff via email to help you improve your business. And if you're not on our email list, you ain't gonna get it. Now, we are doing a monthly Q&A webinar to round off our month-long focus on offline marketing. If you're listening to this on the day it went live, it's happening today. So you've still got time probably to go and get signed up to join us. You can do that at keepopt.com forward slash webinar. If you're listening to this after the day it went live, then the replay is available for you. So you won't be able to get your questions answered, but you will be able to come along and have a listen to the questions our guests answered. So hopefully all our guests from this month will be joining me for that session. If you want to get hold of the replay, just go to keepopt.com forward slash offline. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimising podcast. Our whole set of episodes about offline marketing is now live. So please do have a listen to them all. You can either scroll up your podcast feed. So whether you're listening in Apple or Spotify or somewhere else, just scroll through our episodes and you'll find them all. Or if you want to find the full list on the website and grab that webinar slash replay, use the short link keepopt.com forward slash offline. Our next masterclass topic is Facebook ads. Yeah, Facebook ads, huge changes on that platform. Still working, but please, please, please don't be trying to do the same things you were doing six months ago or 12 months ago. So we're going to be exploring what's working now on Facebook ads. Fascinating set of interviews. I've recorded some of them as I record this. You aren't going to want to miss it. So make sure you're tuned in for that next Wednesday to catch the first of our Facebook ad episodes for this year. Make sure you subscribe to us so you get that or follow us on your favourite podcast player. And if you know someone who's particularly interested in offline marketing or Facebook ads at the moment please do let them know we're covering these topics as the Keep Optimising podcast exists to help you and them improve your marketing. Finally, 
You are listening Carbon Guilt Free. This is a carbon positive podcast, which means we've bought the carbon credits to offset all our production, distribution and the carbon you're using whilst listening to this very show. So you have just listened to this episode and all our episodes, including those across our other podcasts, Carbon Guilt Free. So binge away, do binge away. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z. Hello, Chloe here. I just wanted to tell you something super exciting before we get into this episode. Chloe's e-commerce club is finally live. Yes, my new free online club where the whole Keep Optimising audience can come together to improve your e-commerce marketing is live. So how can you join me in the club? Well, just go to keepop.com forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So go on, hit pause and come and join me and hundreds of our listeners at keepopt.com forward slash club. And then don't forget to hit play and listen to the rest of the episode. See you in the club.